0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to Faith Church Chats. I'm your host, Isaiah Geerlings. Um, thanks for joining us on our 10th episode. Um, this episode is a special one because this is the first episode where we have a non-faith uh, church member. Uh, we have uh, with me one of my personal friends and uh, teachers at Holland Christian, Devin Scott, or Mr. Scott, as I like to call him. Mr. Scott, how you doing today?
1: I'm doing great, man. That was a perfect introduction, man. You're a natural behind that, man. Mm-hmm.
0: Thanks. Um, uh, So before we do some questions, uh, could you introduce yourself? Because I don't think I don't know if a lot of people know who you are from from faith.
1: For sure. Yeah. So as you said, my name is Mr. Devin Scott. I'm actually a Holland Christian grad myself. Class of 09. What up? Um, Graduated 09. Went to Moody Bible Institute for four years. Went to Grand Rapids Theological Seminary for another few years. Um, 30 years old, uh, married to my amazing wife, Autumn Scott. Uh, we've been married for five years. We have two amazing, uh, great kids Jabari James Scott, he is four, Piper Jane Scott, she is about 15, 16 months. And I am in my second year teaching Bible at Holland Christian High School, just wrapping it up. It's been a blast, man. It's been great.
0: Awesome. Um, So let's um, go ahead and do some questions. Uh, My first question for you is, uh, what does your faith story look like?
1: Yeah. And that's, you know, so I, uh, when I heard the topic of this uh, podcast a few weeks ago, it really got me thinking about faith and what faith is and what faith looks like and how you can even get like a good grasp on faith because it's defined in so many different ways. But I like the phrase faith story, because I think faith uh, i think faith is kind of like a story in the fact that it has a main character. And of course, in my faith story, the main character is Jesus Christ. Like, he he is the star of the show. Um, I was not raised in a Christian household. Uh, and it doesn't mean that if anybody wasn't, that that makes their story less valuable. It just simply means that that wasn't my upbringing. I was not raised in a Christian household. I'm from Kalamazoo, Michigan. Um And I was raised in a single parent household my whole entire life, uh, grew up really not knowing who my father is. And so, uh, definitely easily influenced by just peers and friends and, uh, kind of followed the crowd instead of being a leader and, um, realizing that I can't even blame other people, you know what I mean? For even their influence on me. I think once I kind of got older and started really seeing the gospel for what it is, I realized. my desperate need for a savior. Like I just, uh, (laughs) I tell people this and people usually kind of laugh, but the way that I became a believer was I was a sophomore in high school and a question came to my head. And to this day, I don't, I don't know when or where, or like exactly what was going on, but I asked myself, how do you become saved? And so I went to our school's library and I Googled it. I literally became a believer through Google. Like, I go the gospel, and I didn't put the gospel. I just put, like, how do you become saved? I printed it off, and I uh, walked home, and I read what was on the paper. And it, it just really hit me that I, in my own sin, have offended a holy and just God. Uh, and his judgment against me is perfectly just. And he pointed me to the cross, and I just, Isaiah, I got on my back, man. Um, not to over-dramatize it, but I got on my back, and I begged Jesus to save me and i'm 15 years old at this point um and i've never been the same since man like i've never been and from that day forward it's been just uh god uh influencing me more and molding me more than the people who used to so now the holy spirit started to take a grip in my life um and i started to kind of have a hunger for the scriptures i started to know god more um and god brought other people in my life who are better influences so uh, really, my faith story looks like Jesus Christ as the man character, the one who brought change and the one who I hope continues to make me more like him, man, because that's, that's the goal.
0: That's awesome. Uh, thanks for sharing uh, that. Um, what made you want to become um, a Bible teacher two years ago at Holland Christian?
1: Yeah, for sure. So for me, um, I, think my, I think my passion for the scriptures really started when I became a believer like just after i started to get to know jesus and started seeing him in his word like it it just amazed me how i would read his text and then throughout my life i would see things in my actual life that i'm like i just read that like it it, it almost is like in my early years as a believer i think god started to plant those seeds because one i just loved it i just love reading the text like i just love understanding and getting insight and knowing who god is more like, my love for the Bible never really started with this, like, I have this secret knowledge that others don't have. It was more like, look at how amazing God is. Like, like this God is just amazing. There's nobody like him. Um, and so I think as I started to go, kind of go to different churches, I also started to notice this frustration and angst that I would have when I would hear something that I felt like contradicted the Bible. Like, I would have just, just like, I, I don't know why I'm angry. Like, why am I so mad when I hear something on TV or um, in churches that I'm like, that's actually not in the scriptures. And so over time, man, it just kind of became having different opportunities to teach in a youth group. Um, I became a youth pastor. And so my desire for teaching even grew there. I went to college to learn how to teach the Bible, to know the Bible. And people just affirming in me, you not only have... Uh, giftedness for this, but you have like a fire uh to teach this, and then, at the end of the day, the Lord has provided opportunities man so i don 't think it was one time, I think it was just a series and a progression of different events that looking back it 's like God was just simply turning the pages to get me to this chapter in my life
0: awesome um here's kind of a follow up question: What is the best part about being a teacher at Han Christian?
1: Oh the students the students. I mean, like, that's that's the best part. Um, I came in thinking the best part would be teaching Bible. And, like, don't get me wrong. Like, that's, I, like, I, I love teaching the scriptures, man. That's why I'm at H.C. Um, but there's a difference between teaching content and then teaching people. Um, and I've tried to frame my thinking into I'm not teaching uh, the Bible, per se. I'm teaching the Bible to actual people. Like, I'm teaching people the Bible. so. Uh, Students like you, man, like just make it so much worth it, man, just like getting to know you guys, seeing your faith flourish, even seeing you guys wrestle with different things at such a young age, man, like it's the students are easily by far the best part about teaching, like no question.
0: Cool. Um, What is your favorite either verse or character or story of the Bible?
1: Yeah, um, I've always struggled with. I don't think I have, and not to be like overly righteous, but I, there's so many good verses. Like it's, it's always hard for me to pick just one. I feel like there's always one passage for each season of my life that God keeps bringing me back to. Um, so I've never really had, um, man, I never really had one verse that I felt like was my ultimate favorite, but my favorite book though is Ephesians. That's probably by far my favorite book in the Bible. Uh, Proverbs is a close second The Psalms is up there uh, Ephesians is just a beautiful book, man You gotta get you some of that Ephesians I'm telling you, Ephesians is just It's not that long, you read it And it's just, it's like a work of art I love Ephesians, man, very poetic in the first couple chapters um, And if I could hang out with one guy other than Jesus um, In the entire Bible Assuming that he and I spoke the same language um, I would probably say it's David I mean, David's kind of a hard guy to to miss. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, David's just the kind of guy that's, like, the ultimate man's man. You know what I mean? Like, super godly, good-looking dude, super strong, uh, can – you know, he's a warrior, uh, has some super highs, uh, some terrible, tragic lows. Uh, but uh, David, David's a, a guy that I would love to hang out with for a day if I could, for sure.
0: Yeah, I'd have to agree with you on that. David seems like the co- a cool guy to hang out with. Oh,
1: yeah. my goodness. That dude's a stud. <laughs>
0: um, so some other te- – or most teachers at Holland Christian have um, multiple things they do. Um, what do you do besides teaching?
1: Yeah, so this past year, I just um, – I started coaching uh, girls varsity basketball. Uh, so I was the assistant coach this past year, and, um, man, it was uh, – it was pretty incredible, like, getting to know those girls, man, and just seeing how hard they work. Uh, we know that athletes work on their game, but when you just see them grind that out in every day in practice, man, like, it was just incredible for me. Shout-out to Coach Heather good man. She's a great, tremendous coach. Uh, but just getting to know the other coaches in other uh, sports as well was just – it was pretty incredible. I'm a huge fan of basketball, as you know. That's my game, best sport in the world. So being able to coach that and be around basketball so often was just, uh, it was, it was amazing, man. Um, but I love to run too, though. Uh, so I ran track when I was in high school. So uh, that could definitely be something in the future for me at Holland Christian. I would love to help out with the runners long distance. Uh, but yeah, man, uh, primarily basketball and who knows, maybe track in the future would be something I could do.
0: Awesome. And that leads into um, our next couple of questions about basketball. Um, so, um, one particular thing has taken the sports world by storm. Um, Michael Jordan's documentary, The Last Dance. Um, what are your thoughts on this documentary and what, like, what is your favorite part about it?
1: Ah, uh, such an excellent question. So this, this documentary has come at such a perfect time. Like everybody's stuck in a house. We have no sports. They're showing old tapes of different, you know, games throughout the years. And then they come out with this MJ documentary, uh, like a month early. So it's, it's perfect timing. And I've been glued to the TV every Sunday night, my wife and I put the kids to bed and watch this documentary. I got a lot of thoughts, man. So I, I'm going to be very picky and maybe you and I can talk separately about my, my other thoughts, but, uh, I got so many thoughts about this documentary. Uh, my initial thought is it's, it's confirming to me why I think Michael Jordan, um, has such a strong case than anybody else for being the greatest basketball player of all time. Amen Um, amen to that. I've had some good conversations with uh, one really good friend of mine. uh, And we've, we've duped it out with MJ and LeBron. Uh, I will concede that LeBron has a case of being the greatest of all time, but this documentary has just convinced me that I, I still think it's Mike. But one thing I've thought about is this, um, there's a verse uh, in First Peter, I believe, that talks about how man's glory is like the grass, how like the flowers fade and the grass withers, um, but the word of the Lord remains forever. And I don't want to take that verse out of context, but that verse comes to mind when I think about MJ, because here you have a guy who was just relentless. He was on top of the world. Uh, I mean, he had everything you could ever want, popularity, success, athleticism, uh, good looking dude, six foot six. I mean, like, just like the perfect, you know what I mean? Like, fans everywhere. Um, and yet, you know, uh, even though he's built such a great empire, that glory can't last forever. You know what I mean? Like, that glory is just not a glory that you can keep. So, I, I think, I don't know if you've seen the episode to where he's basically in like this hotel and he's locked in his room and he's saying, like, I don't enjoy this. I can't go outside my hotel. Like, I, I just can't do it. Um, and uh, I watch a lot of sports debate shows, and one particular person said that we don't like being quarantined. We've been quarantined for two months. Michael Jordan has been quarantined for 30 years. Like, he's been, like, he, like this is his life. And it just reminds me that, one is that man's glory fades, and two reminds me that, we as human beings weren't made for fame like that. It's just not something we were made for. We weren't made for that kind of glory. No man or woman can just handle just all of that glory and all of that fame that only belongs to Jesus. So in some ways I kind of feel for Mike, like man, to be so amazing at what you do. And yet you can't even walk outside the door. Like that's, I I don't envy that part of his life for sure um so yeah just a lot of thoughts man uh that's that that's just two of them um another one I have is how hard and relentless he works at his game and it just reminded to me of like if he works that hard for something that doesn't last forever um what about my faith like why is it that he works hard harder at his game than I do at my faith um So that's just another reminder as well, man. That's why scripture uses athletic imagery to depict how we should grind in the Christian life, man. So, yeah, those are just a few of my thoughts, man, but I got plenty more. My goodness, that's an amazing documentary.
0: Awesome. I love those um, connections that you made um, with those athletic abilities, like you said, to scripture. So that's awesome. Um, Besides Michael Jordan, who is your favorite basketball player? So the guy
1: is actually on my back wall right there. My guy, Kobe. Uh, Kobe, so for me, I I didn't really start to watch basketball until I was like 9 or 10, so this is in 99, 2000. Um, Jordan retired in uh, 98 from his first – he retired from the Bulls in 98, um, and that's when I started watching basketball. So I actually got a chance to watch MJ Live, and he got me into the sport, but Kobe made me fall in love with it, Uh, just watching him and just watching just – he almost had this, like, poetic – finesse, post-move game with his... Uh, I think SportsCenter or ESPN came out with a top 10, and they put Larry Bird ahead of Kobe. Did you see that? Yeah, I did. Disrespectful. The disrespect to the, to the Mamba, I don't understand it. I, I love Larry Bird, but I don't know a world or universe that would exist in which you would have Larry Bird ahead of Kobe Bryant. Exactly. <laughs> I don't get it. I don't get it. There's no way, but Kobe... Kobe's in my top 10 and on certain days he's in my top five, man. Like Kobe is definitely my all time favorite player for sure.
0: Awesome. Um, uh, what is your favorite basketball moment that you uh, watch live on television?
1: Oh, wow, man. Favorite. Oh my goodness.
0: Oh, that's such a good
1: one. Um, favorite basketball moment.
0: Um,
1: you know what I, so for me, I, I got a few of them. Um, I think seeing Kobe win two without Shaq um, is something I'll never forget because, you know, he always had that monkey on his back of, like, you can't win without Shaquille O'Neal. Then he went and did it twice. He went to the finals three times, and he won twice without Shaq. So I got to say that that's probably number one. Um, Seeing Kevin Durant win a couple rings, I love Kevin Durant. He's my favorite current player. So just seeing him get his rings was just pretty incredible to me. And it was at the expense of LeBron James. So I would, you know, like that was definitely a plus. Uh, you know, like that is a little little cherry on top. Um, I, I would say those are definitely up there. Um, MJ in his last year with the Bulls uh is probably uh, also another third where he kind of had to cross over on Byron Russell and then fat fat, kind of left left the goof gooseneck up there. Uh so those are probably my top three, man.
0: You think you think Kevin Durant will win a ring uh, when he when he with uh, Kyrie on the Nets?
1: Um, you know, I I really I hope he does. I'm pulling for him, but it's looking slim. Um, because it feels like it's just him and Kyrie over in Brooklyn. They got a few supporting pieces. DeAndre Jordan can play some basketball, but I mean, I think if KD goes against the Lakers and LeBron in the finals, I uh, I, I don't see Brooklyn winning that that series personally. Um, but who knows, man? KB has beat LeBron twice already. So, you know, anything is anything. And uh, LeBron has a tendency to lose in the finals.
0: Ooh, shots fired on that one. <laughs> All right, I've got uh, two more questions for you. Um, you have preached at uh, Providence Church. Um, what was that experience like?
1: Providence was just flat out, like the word hospitality, hospitable comes to mind. Like I just walked in there and felt like I was a part of the church. Like I, I didn't feel like I was just this guy coming in to preach and then just be like, okay, see ya, You're on your way. Um, Like I honestly felt like one of them as I was walking in, like people were just very just uh, welcoming and just introducing themselves and thanking me for coming to preach uh, both before and after. And um it was it was just so nice, and that makes you more comfortable as a preacher. you know you always wonder if you 're going to deliver it right if you 're going to be biblical if you're going to be faithful um so it was cool to see that it was well received uh it made me more relaxed in the pulpit because you always have some nerves um and they were just incredibly nice man so uh I would love to preach there again, for sure, man, like solid people, just solid
0: awesome um i've got one more question for you um what do you miss? Uh, most about not being at school physically, as um as um the class of 2020 is graduating without a formal full uh, graduation.
1: Uh, so I would say two things. One is the first is the students and the staff. Um, I miss seeing you guys. Um, I miss our conversations in the hallways, uh, during lunch time, before and after school. Um, I miss seeing students' habits. Certain students just have these habits that you can always count on every single day. Um, I definitely miss that, man. I miss seeing you. I miss seeing everybody else from our uh, cleaning crew at HC. Um, I miss the staff, too, man. Like, I-, I got good friends on the staff, man. So, uh, Russ Blystra, uh, Jacobs Loggerway, man, my boy uh, um Reed Hernandez, man, just talking to those folks. Like, I, I definitely miss uh seeing those people man it's so much more um and then the second thing is I was telling this to my wife the other day like for me I miss the the challenge of teaching like teaching is incredibly um amazing but it, it has its challenges and I miss just every day going okay like I I want to grow at this I want to get better like I I enjoy the challenge. Like it's difficult and it's hard, but I just honestly enjoy discovering ways to get better, how to communicate the scriptures better, how to grow as a teacher. Um, I mean, online, there is some of that, but you know that online, you're just really just trying to get your content out there and it's just not the most effective way to teach. And so for me, I miss that every morning coming in at 7.15, 7.30 and being like, all right, it's another day. I'm ready to grind. Let's see if this can work today. And just trying to add new, you know, new things to your curriculum, to your teaching. I, I do miss that. Cause it, it, it's fun, man. Like it's just a fun challenge every day and not having that, um, man, you know, hopefully I'm not too rusty if you will, when it comes to this <laughs> fall. So we'll see, man.
0: Yeah. I think, I think most people, most students are ready to get back into that normal routine. There are some people who, Especially thrive, you could say on this online learning when they have their own like learning time, but I think most students are ready for go back to normal life, and I think uh we're we're gonna look forward to that hopefully soon as possible
1: man i I believe it, man, I believe it, I mean, you know, I'll talk to a few seniors, man, and they're like, "Yeah, I wish we were at school, <laughs> yeah. as much as I didn't like it." I wish I was there. Yeah.
0: yeah. So, so um, um, well, that's, well, that's all the all questions, questions I, have I have for you, you Mr. Scott. Scott. I appreciate, I appreciate you um, being, being on.
1: on. Thanks for having me, man. Isaiah. Like I, I'm, I'm excited to have you in a few years, man. My only regret is that it's going to have to be a few years. Uh, but you are just a solid young man. Uh, God's grace is so evident in your life, man. Keep grinding for the Lord. Keep being young and unashamed. Uh, That's something I used to tell myself when I was younger with all my Christian rap and reach records and, I want to tell you the same thing, man. Keep being young and unashamed, man, because this world needs it for sure, man.
0: Thanks. I appreciate that, uh, or your kind words. Um, Would you mind closing us in prayer?
1: Let's do it. Let's Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for your grace. Uh, We thank you for the grace that came in the form of a person. His name is Jesus. Father, we think of Christ. We think of his um, incarnation, his birth, and how it was just such an act of humility. And we ask that you help us to live out that humility every single day in our relationships, Father. We think of his perfect life. We thank you for the perfect life that is now our righteousness. And we ask, Father, that you help us to take encouragement from the status you've given us. We think of his death and how he died for our sins. And we thank you, Father, that you are the God of second, third, fourth, uh, and so many more chances because of the death of Christ. We also think of his resurrection, Father, and we thank you for the fact that he rose and he is our high priest who is interceding for us now, who can help us in every single one of our weaknesses. And Father, most certainly we think of his return. Jesus Christ will come back and no more coronavirus, no more sickness, no more pandemics, epidemics, no more viruses, no more sickness and death. Father, Christ will come back to make this world new. We look forward to that while we wait. Help us to serve you, serve others and give a reason for the hope that is in us. We love you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.
0: Amen. Uh, Thanks, Mr. Scott, again. Have a good rest of your day. You too, man. Much appreciated.